0: Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. And uh, Joe, we're joined today by a special friend of the show, Kerry Longstaff. We've had him on the show multiple times before, usually to talk Southern Miss sports. And we got him on to talk some Southern Miss baseball as they're hosting a regional. But we're going to start off with him talking some Nashville soccer club as he got to go to their first ever game in their new stadium on May 1st. Uh, Glad to have you on the show, Kerry, and why don't you tell us about that really unique experience?
1: Good to be back, guys. Uh, Good to see you all. So, yeah, May 1st, I uh, made my way to Nashville to see uh, the Nashville Soccer Club and their new stadium, the Park, Capitol on the Hill, Um, and it was a great experience, something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um, If you don't mind, I'm going to dive right into the story and get after it.
0: Let's do it. I know you got some really neat pictures and videos you want to show us too,
1: and so want to see. Yeah. That. So, so my story actually starts back in the early 2000s when I became a big Premier League fan. I bounced around from team to team, not really falling into place on any team until about the 2015-2016 uh, season, when it looked like throughout that season that Leicester uh, was would win the uh, Premier League. So, naturally, I became a Leicester supporter. And uh, after that, my buddy, good buddy, uh, Jonathan Ruffins, and I started conversing about the Premier League. And he stated how he was a big Tottenham Spurs fan. And me being a Leicester supporter at the time, we started to have a little rivalry. Then, back in 2017, The International Champions Cup came to Nashville. And what the International Champions Cup is, is they bring a group, a a group of teams from across the world, and they come to different countries and they play a tournament. So in 2017, we were gifted with Tottenham, Spurs, and Man City. So uh, when that that came about, my buddy Jonathan said, you want to go? And I debated on if I wanted to go since I was a Lester supporter and he was a Spurs supporter. But I knew I could not pass up the opportunity to see a big soccer match live in the United States. So Jonathan and I traveled to Nashville on a sunny Saturday afternoon. And before we made it into the match, I was a, I was approached by a group who called themselves NSC. They explained how they were working on bringing bringing an mls team to nashville and there was a big following and a push to make it happen i was given a card magnet and i went on my way (laughs) went into the match at nissan stadium and uh, that was one of the best experiences of my life after i got home i decided to do some research on this nsc that everyone was talking about and what it and what it could be later that year in 2017 a team emerged with aspirations of the MLS. I got intrigued, starting watching matches through the USL days. And then it was announced in 2019 that Nashville Soccer Club would be giving the expansion bid. And I was elated. I was upset that I didn't make the inaugural season opener in person in 2020, but watched on the edge of my seat, Seeing the support of this team and how the community grew around it further cemented its legacy when i heard that a new stadium was built at the fairgrounds in nashville i figured that would be nice to have their own to have their own home and stadium then the plans came out for that stadium then the name came out as the park i knew at the start of this season i had to witness history so after five years i called my buddy jonathan and i said hey you know this team, Nashville Soccer Club, has built this stadium, and they're opening it up on May 1st. You want to go? There was no hesitation. He said, that would be fun. I mean, Nashville is where it all began. So tickets were bought, hotel was booked, and we were on our way on Saturday, April 30th. Many memories were said throughout the truck ride from Hattiesburg to Nashville from the 2017 match. We didn't know what would array us though, as we got into Nashville. We got into Nashville off the freeway to go to the hotel. And the first thing we see a, a, a billboard with a sign that says stadium, stadium opener on May 1st, showing uh, Walker Zimmerman and the stadium. Kind of a pretty cool omen to see that. So on Saturday evening, we drove by Geotas Park for the first time and silence came over us as we drove by. I don't know if we were tired from the seven hour drive or if we were just in awe. I think we were in awe though. We drove around maybe two or three times to get the layout for Sunday. I don't know if it was the train whistles outside the hotel that night, the the early morning thunderstorms or whatever else was happening at the hotel or maybe just excitement, but I didn't get much sleep that Saturday night as I kept thinking what the Otis Park would look like inside and picturing our seats. We finally got up on Sunday morning, May 1st, and there was something different in the air, something of anticipation, elation, hope, excitement, expectations, just something was different. Before we went to Geota Park. We we had to uh, stop at Melrose Place, M L Rose Place, for a free match meal. This was probably the best burger around. I got to give my compliments to Wes Bowling, uh, who is the voice of Nashville Soccer Club. He recommended this place, and it was hands down the best place you could ever go. So if you're ever in Nashville. Go by ML Rose Place and tell them that West Bowling sent you. Then we made our way to the stadium. And the first thing we see is, a, is the stream of fans forming the area. We were there, but yet we, we had not yet made it inside. Once we made it inside, the crowd was already amazing. But yet we hadn't made it to our seats just yet. We found our section and made it down to the steps, a moment five years in the making, 20 years as a soccer fan in general, but a moment nonetheless, I kinda had to fight back in tears. Then the moment that just made it all feel real, there is a picture of me and Jonathan become, uh, of Jonathan becoming a Nashville SC supporter. He made me his first supporter in 2017, So I made him a natural supporter in 2022. He did say he was in. Then the match started. And to hear the crowd, the 30,000 people, wow. Never had experienced something like that in my life. The The anticipation was worth it. As the match went on, every chant, every post hit. And let me tell you, on our end, we were sitting in the second row right next to the to the uh, to the goal and we witnessed maybe two or three post hits that Nashville Soccer could have had goals. I was on the edge of my seat. Then at halftime, I just had to sit and let it all in. I sat there, looked watched, watched the stadium, looked around. I just could not believe what I was seeing. Then in the second half, Randall Leal's penalty kick was the icing on the cake. Even though it was one point and it was a win in my book. What an awesome experience. Nothing could have been any better. Even though I'm in South Mississippi and probably won't make every single match in Nashville, I'm still a Nashville soccer fan for life. To DeOtis Park and Nashville soccer, thank you from the bottom of my heart for the experience yesterday, uh, for the experience. And it will be a moment in my life I will always remember. And when someone asks, have you ever been to the Park? I hear it's the best soccer stadium in the world. I'll say, yes, it is the best soccer specific stadium in the world. And it's in Nashville. And you should go and see it.
0: That was a really cool experience there, Kerry. I know you got some uh, some pictures that you have from it. They're going to share with uh, us in the audience right now that we want to see, and especially Soccer Moses. That's my favorite. Yes,
1: I got to meet this 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 great guy. Uh, he calls himself Soccer Moses, um, and uh, yeah. So I'm going to show you some quick pictures, really quick. Uh, I think I got two of them. Uh, kind of where the seats were, where our seats were, and then a picture of soccer Moses outside. It was pretty cool. So so here is our seat. As you can see, we were were sitting in pretty much, it was the second row, and this was probably the best seat in the house. I don't think you could find another seat anywhere. There's not really a bad seat in the Otis Park, from what I hear, but it's the This was the best place that that you could be. If you look in the background around this area here, this is where the roadies and the back line and all the supporters jump, scream, chant, do everything. Um, So that's pretty cool. One of the other cool things is the canopy around the stadium. It goes all the way around the stadium. It helps shade the uh, fans. Depending on where the sun angle is, uh, but uh, we were in the shade the whole game. I know in some areas everybody wasn't, but uh, we were in the uh, shade in the shade most of the time. So as we were walking outside, going back to our car, trying to you know just bring everything in, I came across somebody that uh, I have come to love, and this guy right here. His name is Soccer Moses. And he is one of the biggest supporters of Nashville soccer. He is out there uh, with this sign saying, let my people go. He was very gracious enough for for me to get a picture with him. And, you know, this guy is probably one of the greatest, greatest influencers of of Nashville soccer. And uh, really, really enjoyed meeting him.
0: Well, one might say he's an Old Testament supporter of NSC. (laughs)
1: Right. 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 So uh, I thought that was a pretty cool experience, especially to get to meet Saka Nice.
2: Were you you able to listen to Wes Bowling's uh, play by play call from inside the city?
1: Yeah. So uh, I I didn't have a radio with me, uh, but uh, I did have my phone and I listened to uh, to Wes Bowling and uh, Eddie Carvacho. I believe Eddie was there. Uh, excuse me, actually, excuse me, it was uh, Tony Husband and Jamie Watson on the call. But uh, Wes Bowling did have the pregame show and the postgame show. Um, I was able to listen on my phone on iHeartRadio. It was a little bit behind, but uh, it was still cool to hear you know, what Tony Husband and Jamie Watson had to say about it. And then to hear Wes Bowling. Wes is one of those guys out there. He, he's He's Not known that that well, but I tell you something, in Nashville, he is known. So if you ever want to watch, whenever you're watching a Nashville soccer game or you're around Nashville and there is a soccer game, you need to put your phone on iHeartRadio to listen to Nashville soccer with Wes Bowen because he is the man when it comes to, you know, everything about Nashville soccer. Uh, this guy is really good, and then Eddie Carvaco with him, given the uh, the color commentary, two two guys that are just great. I, I really enjoy him. I unfortunately did not get to meet West this time. Um, looking forward to meeting him soon when I when I do go back, if that's sometime this year or next year. Um, so that would be a cool experience to finally get to meet West and uh, and get to know him more.
0: Awesome. Well, that's cool. Well, that's a glowing endorsement. Uh, I know Joe and I have a friend of the show that lives in Nashville, our friend Chelsea, and she was actually talking to me earlier this week saying that she wanted me and my wife to come up there and find some kind of cool event. Maybe it'd be going to see the NFC play. have never actually been to an MLS match.
1: I tell you, if you haven't been to an MLS match and you're not really a soccer fan, you don't have to be a soccer fan to come see Nashville soccer. There is so much to do. They have great food and the concessions. They have music before, at halftime, after the game. It's just a great experience. And to be there with 30,000 people, the largest soccer specific stadium in the country, um, is just second to none. And uh, I, I, I really recommend if you're in Nashville, there's a there's Nashville soccer going on. You've got to get out to Toyota Park, castle on the hill, and see these guys play.
0: Well, I'm definitely going to do it, Kerry. Uh, I, I studied abroad in London, and one of my big uh, regrets is I didn't go to a Premier League match when I was there. The tickets were, like, so high that I never, I never could quite bring myself to do it. I'm a very bandwagon Manchester United fan, as in I'll watch it if it's on, and that's just the team I chose, mostly because of euro
1: Right. (laughs) Right.
0: I like that Manchester United theme song. That's not their song. Yeah. All right, Carrie. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Southern Miss Baseball? They're hosting uh, regional this weekend, and now you can switch your little screen for us and switch hats.
1: Yeah. So uh, as we move over here to Pete Taylor Park,
0: uh, we've just switched states in a second.
1: Yes, we did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've gone seven hours of one second.
1: (laughs) We went from Tennessee all the way down to Mississippi. So uh, the
0: colors didn't change that much either.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Southern Miss is hosting the Hattiesburg Regional this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with the if necessary game on Monday. Uh, Southern Miss uh, on Friday at one p.m. is going to be playing Army. Uh, along with uh, Kennesaw State and LSU going to be playing at 6 o'clock on Friday. So you have Southern Miss, Army, Kennesaw State, LSU in this region. Probably going to be a pretty darn good region. Uh, Apparently you can't get a ticket. Uh, It has been sold out. That's what the word on the street is from Southern Miss Baseball Twitter. Uh, So if you're looking for a ticket, you may not be able to find one, so uh, it's going to be a lot of people there, and it's going to be a good experience to see. Uh, I know these guys for Southern Miss baseball have been tough all year. They're grinding. Uh, they know their stuff. They have a, you know, Scott Berry is one of the greatest coaches around. Uh, I think I think they can make some uh, some heads turn uh, in this region if uh, they can buckle down and get the job done.
0: Well, Gary, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you think there's going to be, when Southern Miss inevitably will be a set game with LSU, who do you think is going to have more people there? Because that could be an issue in Hattiesburg. You know, those LSU fans travel.
1: Yes, they do, don't they? Well, I can tell you this. There will be a lot of gold in Hattiesburg come, you know, Saturday night, if that does happen, that Southern Miss does play LSU. Both teams got to win Friday to make that happen. So, uh, you know, that's, that could be you know, one for the ages, um, and uh, it'd be a fun one to see. Um, so I, I, that would just be a fun one to see, I think.
2: Does your dad have his tickets yet?
1: Yes, he got his tickets. Uh, he actually got his tickets after the uh, when we uh, were selected to, to host. So I think it was Sunday night, and he was able to, to get on and get his tickets uh get everything done so that he can get there so he has his ticket
2: (laughs) awesome awesome wouldn't be a regional without him i wanted to ask you carrie about the matchup with lsu and usm and just looking on paper i feel like lsu's got a great offense their pitching staff leaves something to be desired but i feel like usm is really kind of underrated star pitcher could you tell us a little bit more about him
1: yeah uh well, it depends on who they come out and pitch. Uh, you know, you, you have Tanner Hall, Hunter Riggins, and uh, Waldrop out there. You know, the the three guys that are the eight, the, the uh, weekend rotation. Just depends on who we decide to come out and pitch uh, on Friday. Of course, that hasn't come out yet. So, uh, you know, you, you got to get past Friday if you want to go and play, you know, LSU. But although. You know, if you don't get past Friday and 2 doesn't get past Friday, you still got that chance you can beat, you know, in the loser bracket game on Saturday. And, you know, that one would be a crazy one in, in its own self because, you know, one could be going home and one could be, you know, still in the tournament. So, you know, there's there's kind of two two sides to the coin here, you know. So, but, uh, you know, Hall, uh, Riggins, and, and Waldrop are – three of the top, you know, tier pitchers in, in the league. And Conference USA, they showed it during the tournament, even though we didn't get all the way to the championship game. They still showed their stuff. All year they've been showing their stuff. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a good matchup if it happens.
2: Now, <laughs> I, saw where, I saw where Hall is like top five in the country in strikeouts. And so, yeah, so if, so if I'm is, Scott Berry, I feel like I would – Hold him for the possible matchup with LSU. I feel like I wouldn't start him against Army if it was me.
1: Yeah, that 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 could be the the uh, trick. But you know, you also got to think. You know, do you want to do you want to you know risk not winning that first game? Do you want to go after that first game with your best guy and make sure you can get all the way to you know Sunday? Because if you win that first game, you know you win one more, you're in the championship game on Sunday. So you know, there's a lot to think about in this. Uh, a lot of scenarios that I'm sure Coach Barry is thinking about. Um, you know, I, I'm sure he's going to pick the right guy for the job. Um, and uh, you know, again, it's just going to be a it's going to be a good regional to come to come look, to come watch. I'm sure you know both games on Friday. Even though it's not USM and LSU playing Friday, both games on Friday are going to be pretty packed out.
0: Well, Army is a team that I feel like you see them in a regional every year usually as a three or a four seed, and they usually win a game or two in the regionals they play, and it's a tough out. That's not an easy four seed. I think I'd probably probably pitch the star number one because I feel like every time I watch Army, they get a whole bunch of runs.
1: Right. Yeah, so it's going to be, you know, like I said, do you go with your usual weekend rotation? Or do you mix it up and see what see what happens?
0: All right, Kerry. Well, while we got you on, do you think that uh, USM holds it down and makes it to the supers, or do you think that LSU is going to come in and sneak it away from them?
1: You know, I, I, I don't really know. I'm not going to I'm not going to go out on the limb and take a pick with this. Uh, I think uh, you know whoever comes out of Saturday has a good chance to go all the way. Um, you know, you could see Southern Miss and LSU meet on Saturday in the winner's bracket. They come back on Sunday, meet in that second game on Sunday, and then come back on Monday with the if necessary game and meet on Monday. So uh, it's just gonna be a gonna be one of those regions to watch. And uh, with Ole Miss being in the region opposite, that's gonna be, you know, an interesting thing over there in Miami. If uh, Ole Miss can get past Arizona, maybe get past Miami. USM gets past LSU and comes out of the region. Could be looking at a super regional.
2: Well, that'd, that'd be, be crazy. Yeah, one for
1: Ole Miss. I will
0: come to one of those games if that happens. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I promise. Yep. So it could be a uh, a repeat of when they met together back early in uh, early in May. That could have been a foreshadowing on what could be happening.
0: That game might've been the reason that Ole Miss even snuck in was that win right there.
1: Yeah, it could be. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Carrie. well, it's great having you on the show and uh, we'll look forward to having you back on and go golden Eagles.
1: Southern Miss to the top and everyone in, come on you boys and gold.
0: All right. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of Ole Miss Auburn baseball. Thank you
2: again, Carrie, And, uh, As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe.